This is a show about getting spooked for fun, and neither one of the hosts are associated with the attractions discussed in any way. Except for those skeletons in Devin's closet. Some topics may go from ghoulish to ghastly, so viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to The Great American Scream. Is the second, I think, week, no, third week of September. Do you know what that means? So close. It's Thanksgiving season. Ooh. Hooray, gobble, gobble. Ooh, who likes Thanksgiving? Nobody. I and like they're right. mashed potatoes and turkey, but we don't have to. But throw we don't a whole need to eat into those. it. Yeah, I, for, hi, this is the Great American Stream. My name is Evan Wright. Hi, my name is Adam O'Connell. <laughs> the important thing that I want to talk about this is this episode's about Halloween, but before that, we don't need Thanksgiving as an excuse to stuff ourselves with turkey and no. sweet potatoes Why? and regular potatoes and cranberry <sighs> sauce. Why do we only eat roast turkey on Thanksgiving? Roast turkey is delicious and deserves to be eaten at all times of the year. Let's have those. Uh, my middle and high school used to have Thanksgiving dinners where we would have like turkey and mashed potatoes and gravy and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it just what it wasn't just on Thanksgiving, we would just have it pretty often. Yeah, it's and I it's think we should good. do that in the rest of the in the rest of the world yeah, outside but, of my high school. So if it, it, but you know when else you can eat turkey if you want to on Halloween on All Hallows Eve, the <laughs> so, spookiest of lunch yes. meats. Uh, we are deep. I would consider to be deep into the Halloween season, but I start. I start. Okay. I start Halloween at the end of August, as I should. I start Halloween once the spirit Halloween stores open. And I've seen well, three. So, oh, no, Jesus. They are I'm still about, opening. I was going to say, I hope that they're not open. They are still opening. I don't know who's going there, but um, they are open. So uh, everybody who wants to fight me on this can square up. But it's Halloween. Uh, Starbucks I think we're going to be okay on this horror podcast. Starbucks released the pumpkin spice latte, which means it's fall. Um, and more importantly, the pumpkin cream cheese muffin, which I would say is even superior to the pumpkin spice latte. There's nothing it's better than a pumpkin August. muffin. It's still summer. There's nothing better than a pumpkin muffin. There's nothing better than a nice pumpkin spice latte on this 90 degree fall day. I had a pumpkin cold brew yesterday. There was a slight breeze. I saw a leaf on the ground. It's fall. <laughs> I saw a single leaf. Okay, let's talk yeah. about Halloween. Yeah, so um, in one of my many preparations for Halloween, I thought it might be fun to figure out where some of our favorite Halloween traditions come from and kind of a history of where the holiday began because Halloween doesn't really look super different than when it did in yield ancient times, which is interesting. Glad to hear it. Yeah. So where does Halloween come from? Um, it is widely Your believed heart. that Halloween is derived from uh, ancient Celtic harvest festivals in Gaelic speaking countries like Ireland, Scotland and England. Um, And then we are talking like pre-colonization by the English here. So we are talking pagan, Celtic. Yeah, pre-Norman. Back, 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 way back in especially Irish and Scottish history. And it's also possible that many of these festivals had Celtic pagan roots specifically. Um, Most historians seem to agree that Halloween is derived from the uh, Gaelic festival Samhain, which is spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N. It's spelled Samhain. It is spelled Samhain, but it's pronounced Adam Samhain. Adam is going to do the Gaelic pronunciations as best he can, and <laughs> I will give you the anglicized 
Yeah. Spelling. I, I don't. Sam Hyde. I don't speak Irish. I know some phrases in Irish because uh, my family is from Ireland. Uh, hello. But, hello, Adam's family yeah, listening hi, from everybody. Ireland. I know you're listening. I, I see the yeah, statistics. Yeah, but I, al- I also know you all don't speak a lot of Irish either. You all can probably say the same things that I can. So it's not going to stop you from sending angry texts to Adam. Yeah. Um, so Sewin begins on the evening of October 31st and ends on the evening of November 1st. And it marks the end of the harvest season and the beginning of the darker half of the year, with the darker half being winter. Um, and because, you know, harvest is hard work. So let's just throw a little party to celebrate all that corn you just picked. Probably not corn, <laughs> but turnips. Um, all those corns you just did. Good um, job on those corns. So, I know that corn hasn't been brought over from the new world. No. And it'll still be a, maybe a thousand or more years until that happens. But hey. Yeah. So, good uh, corn. Gales have four seasonal festivals. Um, Imbolc for the spring. Bieltana for the summer or May Day. I know Beltane. Yeah, Beltane. I know Beltane. People do say Beltane, and that's the other thing with these pronunciations, too. So depending on what part of Ireland or Scotland you're in, they're going to pronounce these differently anyway. Um, So this is just one of the many ways that these things are said. Uh, Lucina for the beginning of the harvest uh, or the beginning of autumn, and Sowen, which marks the beginning of winter and is widely considered to be the most important of these four, with Beltane coming at a close second. So Sowen happens... Late October or early Yes, it begins on the evening of October 31st and then ends on the evening of November 1st. So for these poor people, winter begins (laughs) on the 1st of November. Yeah. And what, when does, when does uh, Lugnasad happen? Uh, Lugnasad, I guess, because Bieltana would be May Day. And so I guess Lucina would be... It's sometime like midsum- in like, like midsummer September. to us probably yeah, yeah probably early september like around what we think of as labor day okay i should have looked at the exact dates but i also think it varies depending on what clan you are in what part of ireland or scotland that you're in but sometime around that time yeah so okay so was seen as a liminal time uh which means a time where the veil between our world and the other world, capital O, other world, which is the Celtic realm of deities and possibly also the dead. Um, and the veil yes. between these worlds is very thin. Yes, Theref- like Halloween Town. Yeah, exactly. Get Theref- on the bus. Therefore, the Ishi, which are the spirits and fairies, could more easily pass into our world. And a reminder that in Irish mythology, fairies are evil. <laughs> Yeah, fairies are evil in most folklore. <laughs> I don't know why we like them so much. It's very now. Ameri- a very Americanized thing to have fairies be like a cute little like Tinkerbell, like sugar plum. They fairy. are like small and sometimes cute, cute but, but they are evil. They're evil. So uh, the Ishi are kind of just the the entire class of these Irish spirits and fairies that were meant to cause mischief or uh, otherwise. So people would leave offerings for the Ishi to ensure their livestock survived the winter. Um, and it was. Oh, my God. There they are. Somebody decided to play an ad on my phone. <laughs> Um, so people would leave uh, offerings to the Ishii to ensure their livestock survived the winter. And uh, it was believed that the souls of the dead would revisit homes looking for hospitality. So a nice meal, some fun conversation. Uh, I like just for that. This looking night. for hospitality. Yeah. 
So we see this in other ancient and indigenous autumn festivals as well. A lot of different cultures from around the world have some kind of autumn festival that coincides with a festival of the dead or something like the Dia de Muertos in Mexico, uh, where the veil between worlds is seen as thin, therefore communicating with past loved ones or family members or friends is seen as much easier. Yeah, uh, that, that makes a lot of sense just because as we move into winter, more people are going to die. Like people are going to be dying most during the winter. So like right before that time is when the kind of gate to the afterlife is going to be most open because it's... Yeah. Back to Sowen, since the veil was so thin, it was popular to uh, play games that could do things like tell your fortune or perform some kind of divination. And this is actually where the tradition of bobbing for apples comes from. Okay, bobbing for apples, the wildest tradition of any holiday ever. Yes, I said it. Don't come for me. What? You want to know why why, we bob? Please. Yeah, yeah, please, God. Why do we bob? Why do we bob? (laughs) Why do we bob? Um, So it was actually uh, picked up from the Roman invasion of uh, Britain and the British Isles as Romans brought the apple tree with them. Uh, Apples are not like an indigenous to the British Isles. Uh, They came from Rome. So they brought the apple tree with them and merged their traditions with the Celtic ones for their festivals. So in this ancient tradition, uh, young unmarried people would try to bite an apple floating in water or hanging from a string on a line. And the first person to bite the apple would be the next person to get married. Oh, kind of a kind of an oral version of the bouquet throw. When I get married, we're not going to do a bouquet throw. We're going to we're going to bob for apples. (laughs) <laughs> You're such a I, dork. I don't care what nice makeup together? everybody has on. Can yeah? Can we mix them together so you're chucking apples behind you? <laughs> you have to catch them with your teeth. But uh, I also think we do the, the the string thing now, but with donuts. Like people will tie like apple cider donuts to a string, and you have to oh, bite them. Okay, sure. Yeah, you've never done that before. The, no, I've just eaten apple cider donuts. I mean, yeah, you can eat another thing that we should not limit to the Halloween season. Oh, absolutely. Apple cider we, uh, and apple cider donuts yeah. delicious year round. I grew up right near uh, a very like large orchard of apples because it's upstate New York and all we do is apples. Yep. Uh, and every like August, first of August, I'd walk down there and I'd be like, give me your cider apples and also oh. give me some of your your Ida Reds. I can't wait for some cider donuts, baby. But anyway, so naturally Christianity then kind of changed what the celebration was because (laughs) oh rats yeah eventually um the british as they began to colonize uh, ireland and scotland they brought a lot of uh they tried to kind of snuff out paganism and kind of celtic culture snuff out we mean take paganism into itself yeah (laughs) and and make it their own stronger so was uh also a share of the day uh it was the day before all hallows Day or All Saints Day, um, which is a holiday in the Christian calendar. Um, so it became known as All Hallows Eve. You see, we're kind of starting to get into ah, the word yeah. Halloween here. Um, it also became much more associated with warding off evil spirits along with honoring the dead because Christians kind of saw some of these pagan traditions as um, being demonic or somehow communicating with these evil spirits. So they kind of pushed the idea of celebrating it to ward them off along with communicating with and honoring the dead. Right. That tracks. I also, uh, the night before Halloween is often like mischief night. Yeah. We're going to talk about that Uh, later because I find that one interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that 
that's how they've developed. Yeah. Um, so mass Irish and Scottish immigration to the United States, especially during like the potato famine and stuff, um, eventually brought the holiday to North America. And most traditions that we associate with American Halloween, like trick-or-treating, jack-o'-lanterns and wearing costumes, can be traced back to Sewin. Oh, because the ghosts are going from door to door looking for hospitality. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the children do it now. Yeah. Because they're and, the ghosts of today. Yes. Or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one uh, one uh, tradition that actually really, really traces back to Sewin is actually the tradition of the jack-o'-lantern. Like, it's yeah. a classic. It used to we be the logo it. of this podcast. It did. Uh, Marnie dropped a candle into it uh, <laughs> to stop Caliban. Yeah. Um, so the carving of jack-o'-lanterns was popular during sew-in celebrations, but they actually started out as turnips because pumpkins don't grow in Ireland. Yeah, but turnips are small. Yes, which is okay. why actually, and I'll explain this in a bit, but that's why pumpkins caught on rather than turnips. So uh, <laughs> They're like, these things are too dang small. People would we carve, can't do this. People would uh carved turnips with grotesque faces used to either symbolize spirits or ward away the evil ones and scare them off. Um, and they were often set in windows to keep evil spirits out of one's home. So that you know, tracks. we see that now. Um, so when Christians came with All Hallows Eve, uh, the jack-o'-lanterns were believed to represent souls in purgatory. Ah. And there's actually a very popular Irish Christian folktale about this um, that goes as follows. So. Please. On a route home after a night's drinking, Jack encounters the devil and tricks him into climbing a tree. A quick-thinking Jack etches the sign of the cross into the bark, thus trapping the devil. Jack strikes a bargain that Satan can never claim his soul. After a life of sin, drink, and... Oh my god, I wrote this down, I can't even pronounce it. Mendacity? Like being uh, sure sure yeah, being wild sin drink and mendacity jack is refused entry into heaven when he dies keeping his promise though the devil refuses to let jack into hell and throws a live coal straight from the fires of hell at him it was a oh cold night so jack places the coal in a hollowed out turnip to stop it from going out since which uh time jack and his lantern have been roaming looking for a place to rest <laughs> what why? I I like that the devil is like, yeah, get out of here and throws a piece of coal. <laughs> and Jack's like, I'm a quick thinker. Pop that baby in. I got a candle now. Yeah, that's a lot. So I guess the moral of the story is don't I, I don't sin, but also like don't play a trick on the devil. Yeah. Don't use the power of Christ to stop the devil from taking yeah. you. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so this is often, uh, passed around as kind of like one of the origins of like when kids are like, why do we make jack-o'-lanterns on Halloween? This is like what they tell people. So when the Irish began immigrating to America, they began to use the native pumpkin instead because turnips, uh, despite the, um, efforts of Irish immigrants, like my family, turnips have not really caught on in the United States. They try their best, but we still eat them. Uh, at most uh, holiday family gatherings I've gone to, you mash them with carrots. Oh, I like carrots. turnips. Yeah, turnips are good, but um, they really haven't caught on. So people started to use pumpkins, which was way easier to carve because they're softer and bigger. So it became a much, much, much more popular tradition than uh, yeah. the turnip. So Poor turnip. Yeah, nowadays in the U.S., they're kind of just seen as something you do 
for Halloween. Uh, although some superstitious folks still believe in their power to ward off evil spirits. And there's also that it goes along with the tradition that you should uh, never blow out a jack-o'-lantern's candle until Halloween is over. Uh, just probably okay. to keep them demons away. Yeah, sure. Uh, my favorite part about the Halloween jack-o'-lanterns is that when when they're when Halloween's over, you leave them out for far too long until like mid-November and they get all <laughs> saggy and then you throw them down a big hill. Yeah. When I was in uh, high school, uh, we would during our global history curriculum, us learning about the Holy Roman Empire would line up with Halloween. So my teacher would always carve a pumpkin that said Holy Roman Empire and then sit it out and let it rot for the next couple months to represent how the Holy Roman Empire rotted from the inside out. And then whoever got like the best test, the best score on the final from that unit had got to, to sm- eat it. No, they had to smash it. They got to smash the pumpkin. Oh, okay. um, so, yeah, that's the history of jack-o'-lanterns. But you mentioned the tradition of trick-or-treating and going from door to door. Yes, so, yes I did. Adam. Yeah. Yes, please. This is probably the most notable Halloween tradition other than just like having a spooky time. Which is Adam's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> tradition. Really, but what was the last year that you trick-or-treated? Just out of curiosity. I don't recall. Uh, it was probably eighth grade. I think that and was I mine think I too. Was sub, I think I was sub-zero from Mortal Kombat. I think it was the last, I think the last year I took a trade was the same year as Hurricane Sandy. Because 2012. Hurri- Hurricane Sandy hit right before I Halloween. I remember that, yes. And we didn't drink that- in my neighborhood because no one had power. So we drove up to Bronxville where my Nana lived and we took a treated there because they still had power. I think that was 2012, which yeah. means it was which your freshman year. Freshman uh, year. Okay. Yes. It was the fall of 2012. Okay. Then yes, then that might have been the last year that I went trick-or-treating or did Halloween stuff. Yeah. Involving that. But wow. We're so old. I know. So in England, uh, from about the medieval period up until like the 1930s, uh, they had the tradition of souling, which is a very scary word for a very non-scary thing. So- Okay. Um, Solars would go from parish to parish begging the rich for soul cakes. That <laughs> sentence is so crazy. Um, so they would beg the rich for soul cakes in exchange for uh, praying for the souls of their friends and loved ones. Um, and they would cry, a soul cake, a soul cake, have mercy on all Christian souls for a soul cake. Uh, it was a... This was cited as a popular rhyme for solars to say as they sold, I guess, but that doesn't rhyme. It doesn't rhyme. It doesn't make any sense. Why are they asking rich people who for some reason are at parishes for prayers when they should already be the rich people should already be praying? I, it's not it's not as wild if you picture it as like so like picture picture an 800s like English village or I guess like after 1066. Yeah. You have like you have these people like going my kingdom for a soul cake or whatever. To all these rich people <laughs> that that tracks but now fast forward a little bit imagine in 1917 I th- world war one is going on and a bunch of people are going around going uh my uh, soul cake soul cake please i think at what? that point it's just kind of a thing that you do just for funsies as part of the tradition like you- i guess <laughs> and in scotland and ireland the tradition is called guising which is the short for like dis 
disguising. I did that in college <laughs> yeah. for a little while myself. Um, so children would disguise themselves in costumes and then go door to door and ask for food and coins. So <laughs> tangent, but in parts of Southern Ireland, which is where my family is from, in uh, the 18th and 19th centuries, the tradition was for a man dressed as now. This is the one pronunciation I couldn't confirm. So I'm going to guess this is Lair Vaughn, but I could be yes, wrong on Lair, that. Lair Bahan. Yes, it is spelled with a B-H, which is why I think it makes a V sound. So uh, Lair Vaughn, or a white mare, as in the white mare of death, um, would lead children around town singing verses, some of them pagan, and then go door to door. If the household donated food, it could expect good fortune from the Makola, but if they refer uh, refused to do so, it would bring misfortune. Let's bring it back. I, I so want to. White Mare of Death was my nickname in high school. I want to be the man who is dressed as a white horse, leading around a group of children, Adam. chanting satanically and begging for food. Adam, Adam, Adam! If it's a if it's a horse, then we could do we could have the two person <laughs> horse yeah. costume. Did you get the picture I sent you of Lervon? Yes, I love. Yeah, I, new mascot I of the pod. Do you love him? And I think we should bring him back. I think he would be friends with the cow skull that represents the man in the field. Yeah, it's the same energy. They'd be friends. Boyfriends. <laughs> okay, so uh, most of these uh, incarnations of involved asking for food and promising misfortune if you did not give food. Hence, trick or treat. You know, right? right which every single like starter comedian is like, why do we ask for trick or treat? And it's like, it's no, not, you it's didn't a go out there. It's a threat. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you don't give me a treat, you will receive a trick. Yeah. I will trick you lest you give me treat. Yeah. So, which is not as snappy as trick or treat. So, right. So North American kids started guising in the early 20th century. It actually started in ah. Canada. Uh, before oh, it came okay. to the U.S., uh, but trick or treating as we know it didn't really start until the 1930s. Um, and as for dressing up in costumes, the general consensus seems to be that the idea was that you were uh, dressing up to mock Satan or other demons uh, by dressing mm -hmm. up Always in funny costumes. Idea. Yeah, which the jack o' lantern story just told us not to do. But it's also been seen as having come from like memento mori traditions and the dance macabre. So memento mori mm -hmm. being an artistic representation meant to remind you that you one day will die. And then dance macabre being a mostly kind of medieval and renaissance era art movement uh, represent supposed to represent death as the great equalizer where dance macabre, whether it was in an etching or a painting of the skeletons dancing or sometimes literally in a parade, uh, right. was supposed to remind people of the town that doesn't matter how rich you are now. One day we will all be skeletons together. <laughs> Which is still true today. Yeah. We will all I, be skeletons together. Should, uh, Dance Macabre is another thing that we should <laughs> bring back. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Also, a skeleton, extremely underrated Halloween costume. Oh. Fashionable, customizable, spooky, classic, easy to pull off. Like, all easy, good things. Yeah. You and have if you, one. Like, if, yeah. I, yeah. You can, <laughs> like, stylize it in an interesting way. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Everybody should be skeletons. Might be a skeleton Also, we should year. definitely dance in front of like rich people's houses as, as skeletons. skeletons. Yeah. So a couple of other uh, Halloween traditions that actually don't really trace back to Sowen or Celtic holidays. One of them is Mischief Night. Um, so okay. Mischief yeah. Night oh, I was not a thing where I grew up, which is weird because I grew up in New Jersey. Yeah, that's odd. I'd never heard of it. So Mischief Night uh, or pulling sick pranks the night before Halloween actually isn't <laughs> yeah. uh 
connected to any ancient traditions other than the possibility of trick-or-treat. And it didn't really become prevalent until the 20th century. And from what I know, it's really only practiced in the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. What? It's not a statewide, like Florida, where I spent a lot of my childhood, no such thing as mischief night. You're telling me that across the country, before the night before Halloween, a bunch of rowdy kids don't dress up in black and go in egg houses. No, I mean, what the hell? I think there are some parts of the country where that stuff happens on Halloween night as well. Like, TPing houses on Halloween night who didn't give you candy was a thing. Oh, no, that's like a thing you do beforehand. Yeah, no. Okay, whatever. Um, That was never a thing where uh, I grew up, but it is still evidently still popular in many parts of the country. Yeah, let's bring it back. Let's do it. (laughs) So also we know that ye old Christians went back and changed so in as part of the uh, persecution of Celtic pagans. But modern Christian attitudes towards Halloween vary pretty widely between denominations yeah. and just people. So technically in the Anglican Church, All Hallows Eve, Halloween night should be observed with prayer, fasting and attending worship. I wrote workshop, I realize in the outline, but it's attending worship. Attending a workshop. Which I think most uh, holidays, especially like St. Feasts in the Christian calendar are celebrated. You pray, you don't eat, and then you eat a lot, and then you go to church. But a lot of modern Christians and denominations of Christianity don't like Halloween and don't celebrate it because of its now modern association with the occult or or paganism. Um, Like I know Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate Halloween. Yeah. Catholicism, which is, uh, I was raised Catholic. No, they're like celebrate I, Halloween, but don't go crazy. <laughs> yeah, it depends on the on the parish as well. I know, like yeah. my church as a kid, like had people like handing out candy on on Halloween, and then the next day on actual All Saints Day is when you would go to church. Yeah, um, and I know some parishes, like we talked about in the Urban Legends episode with the poison candy, will do stuff like church Halloween events or trunk or treats. Right. So that way, it's kind of condensed into this one kind of secular yeah it is two it is the two groups that continue to exist now those who are like no pagan bad and the other group that goes well if we can use paganism to turn more people to our side let's do that yeah irish paganism and irish catholicism have way more in common than most people would think yeah so i think i've mostly learned that i'm gonna be Lairvon for halloween this year Okay, I'm going to be Iron Man. Okay, kind of. That's what I want to be. Kind of fallen off, kind of late to the Iron Man party. I'm going to be dead Iron Man. Okay, okay, there we go. There we go. Now, I I imagine that would be kind of a popular costume because that, when did that movie come out? Did it come out before last Halloween? I don't know. Time's a flat circle. Nothing uh, exists anymore. I always like to browse like the Spirit Halloween website just to see what like the hot costumes are this year. Um, Mm. They seem to be pushing Beetlejuice costumes this year, which is interesting. Weird. Trick or Treat, the film, also big this year. Okay. Circus and clowns never really went out of style, but big this year. Clowns never go out of style. No, clowns never go out of style, baby. (laughs) But also um, we're seeing, of course, the Plague Doctors and the Hazmat. Mm. Which I was discussing with my friends. I can't tell if it's in super poor taste or pretty pretty okay PPE for <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. I mean, Plague Doctors are cool all the time forever. Yes. Plague Doctors are cool. But it is, we are not trick-or-treating. 
Right. People are not going out. I mean, I haven't seen if people like if nobody's no towns have come out with like a trick or treating plan yet. Because I've been thinking, right. I guess there could be ways to trick or treat safely. If like if you if you're giving out candy and your hand is gloved and you are the only hand that goes into the candy bowl, right? It, there are, I guess, safe ways you could do it if your town is doing it. But also, nobody's really decided that yet we're not going to be having parties but right and as of right now i don't think there is a place in the u.s that has that has made enough progress in general other than perhaps new york city but you don't want that happening now because we're being afraid of a second wave this is all very depressing (laughs) don't go if you're gonna dress up dress up inside and take some pictures and post them on Twitter with the hashtag TJS yeah. so we can I, see them. I, I'm we can excited have a to see Halloween. how people do uh, celebrate Halloween this year and what you're doing to be to be spooky this year. Yeah, what are ask not what your country can be spooky <laughs> for you. Ask how you can be spooky for your country. Yeah, like do a nice ABC does that two month. Halloween movie marathon. Yeah, it gets um, longer every year. If you follow me on Instagram, I'm doing Halloween makeup tutorials all month on my story. Ooh. So follow me on Instagram at Adam J. O'Con for those. Yeah. Uh, you know, bake some pumpkin flavored treats, uh, buy candy and just eat it yourself. You don't have to give it out to people. <laughs> you can just have it. Yeah, it's a great excuse. Yeah. And listen to some spooky music, play some spooky games like have have an amazing, amazing Halloween season, even if you can't party. Yeah, for sure. The spookiness is in us. Yeah. All the time. Halloween ain't canceled. Halloween parties may be canceled, but you can't cancel Halloween, baby. Right, right, right. Halloween as a as a tradition in which a bunch of people who don't know each other congregate and <laughs> interact yeah. is canceled. But Halloween as a spiritual event can never can never be canceled. Maybe go back to some of these sewing traditions. Try them out this year. Ooh, dress up as the white mare of death. Yeah, dress and up as a Lair bunch Vaughan. of children around doing <laughs> satanic chants. Okay, this has been the Great American Scream. <laughs> Uh, I believe this is episode 30, which thank you guys so much for listening to 30 dang episodes of this podcast. Here's to 30 more. And if you enjoyed this episode, please uh, share it from Spotify if that's where you listen. Also follow there. If you're on iTunes, you can subscribe and rate and review. That really helps us out. But the best way to help us out is to tell a friend about the podcast, especially now going into spooky season. It's the best time to catch up. Adam, can you pimp our social medias? Yes, you can follow us on Facebook at The Great American Scream or on Twitter and Instagram at Great Scream Pod. Um, If you would like to hear about something on the show, you can tweet at us or posts using the hashtag TGAS and uh, your suggestion may become a future episode and also uh, send us how you are going to be spooky safely this Halloween season. Yeah, a special thank you goes out to Michael Segudo who does our intro and to Stevie Viola who does our music. I forgot to thank them last episode. Sorry about that, but (laughs) I believe that's it for us. I have been Devin Wright. I have been Adam O'Connell. And hopefully you have been spooked. Beat Hey, go be spooky, go be spooky safely, and go be spooky physically distant from other people. Continue to be spooky while socially distant and wearing PPE. We love you, goodbye. Goodbye.